I'm with CSU President Dr. Jim Lytle. I'm Paul Golden. And our very special guest today is Amanda Goglin from Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania. Amanda, welcome. Thank you. You are obviously an alumnus or alumna of CSU. What, what year did you graduate from the school? With my bachelor's, I graduated in 2004, but then I went on in 2010 and received a master's of education. And then in 2018, received a master's of arts in literature. That's excellent. Uh, let's back up. Tell us a little bit about your, your, your growing up years, your salvation testimony, and how did you end up coming to BBC, now CSU? So I grew up in a little town called Laraysville, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour from Clark Summit. And um, my mother was faithful in taking her four children to church every Sunday. And just through the teaching of my Sunday school teacher and the teaching of my, of my pastor, I realized that I was a sinner in need of a savior. And so one night in my bed, before going to bed, I just asked God to forgive me of my sins and accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. And it was from that point I wanted to see other people with this hope, with Jesus Christ. I wanted them to know what I had. And at 15, I was baptized. And then I experienced a personal tragedy with a friend in high school who died. And it really rocked my world to think that someone my age, who may, I didn't know for sure if he knew Jesus Christ as his savior, and it impressed upon me more and more how much people needed Christ. And so it was at that point, uh, I went on a missions trip with one of my friends. Our parents, I, I still can't believe it. They let us get on a bus, um, the two 17-year-old girls, and head out uh, to a Native American reservation. And we went on a missions trip. And there, my a love for ministering for Christ was only fostered. And I started looking at going to a Christian college and I had heard about uh, Baptist Bible College at that point. And on first visiting, I loved it. I knew that's exactly where God wanted me to be. The atmosphere, the dorms, the professors. I just, I knew without a doubt, that's where I wanted to be. So what year did you, uh, what fall did you come onto campus as a freshman? Fall 2000. And what, while you were here, what dorm were you in? What activities, ministries were you part of? I lived in Bibbard and Faye Moore was my dorm mom. So we all love Faye. She was a great dorm mom. And I actually served as an RA for a year there. And uh, both Kurt, my husband and I were involved in a lot of local church ministries. I taught Sunday school, children's church, uh, I felt really passionate about being involved in the local church and being involved with the people that God put in my path. And it was a church here in Tonkanic, which only kind of grew our love for this town. We just always felt this certain love here. For those that are not from Northeast Pennsylvania, describe Tonkanic. What, what is Tonkanic, the town, the village? Um, it is a town that is wrapped up in preserving our history. I, I personally love living here because you still get that small town feel of, you know, on a warm summer night, sitting on your front porch and talking with your neighbors, taking long walks. We, we live right here on the main strip of Tonkanic, Business Route 6, so we can walk 
just a few steps down the hill and there's some cute little shops and restaurants. And uh, so we are a town wrapped up in preserving our history and appreciating those who came before us. North Tonkanic is about, I think, 20, 30 minute drive kind of northwest of Clark Summit, Scranton area. It's a beautiful drive and kind of equal distance between Wilkes-Barre, Scranton and uh, Montrose, but a beautiful part of, uh, I believe it's Wyoming County, right? Yes. Yeah, it is gorgeous. I mean, you could you can walk among town and see all the beautiful architecture. You could just go outside of town and drive on Route 6 and see the beautiful views. It really has something for everyone. Well, you're a student here on campus. Do you have a favorite professor, a favorite moment or experience that, that stands out for you? Well, um, you know, when I was there, I got a degree in teaching English. And one of the most influential people in my life was Dr. Janet Hicks. I mean, she's absolutely an amazing teacher. She's humble and she sets the standard for what a teacher should be. Did you do your student teaching locally or out of state? Uh, I did my student teaching at Abington Heights, uh, the first half, and then I did the second half at Ross Corners Christian Academy. Excellent. Excellent. I am actually a graduate of Ross Corners Christian Academy, but you were not a student teacher when I was there. So it was a few years before. What uh, After CSU, BBC, what was your career path uh, after you graduated? So about a year before I graduated, Kurt and I uh, got married. He's a few years older than I am, and he graduated in 2002. So after I finished student teaching, I started looking for a teaching job. I felt passionate about teaching in a public school only because I really wanted uh, to be a witness, you know, a testimony among, you know, the unsaved. I had those couple of Christian teachers at my school who were a great encouragement to me. And I wanted to be that example and testimony in that kind of an environment. So um, I desperately started looking for a place to work. And Kurt and I always wanted to live in Tonkanic. We lived at the time in Oliphant. And I applied at Tunkanic, not really expecting anything. Kurt and I went on a trip. I left it in God's hands. And we came back from the trip. I had a phone call asking for an interview. I went to the first interview. And just as I was getting in the door back home, I received a call for a second interview and was hired. So I've been teaching for, this is my 17th year of teaching. In that 17 years, Kurt and I have two children. We have a 16-year-old son, Elijah, and a 12-year-old son, Ezekiel. Okay, have you taught the same thing all these years, Amanda, or have, you, have they moved you around? I've been moved around. I started teaching high school English, 11th grade English, 9th and 10th grade English. And then I'd say about eight or nine years ago, I was moved to the middle school and took on 7th and 8th grade English, which is a bit different. And then... Just with our school consolidation, I was put only to eighth grade and moved back to the high school. Okay. Have you found a good church to be a part of there in Tonkanic? So we are a part of Bridgewater Church Tonkanic. And there, uh, we love Bridgewater. We love serving there. My husband and I oversee the small group ministry because we are passionate about getting in small groups and growing together as Christians and encouraging one another on. So um, also our older son, Elijah, plays in the worship team. Well, it's a pretty full life, you know, full-time teaching and then, you know, working there at the church. 
what else you have going on in your life? We kind of backed up a little about 10 years ago. Uh, we thought we would be going on the mission field. We felt like that's where God was leading us. But after two and a half years of not selling our home and not uh, just a lot of things not falling into place for personal reasons, we felt like, you know, God was not having us go to the mission field, which I can honestly tell you broke my heart. It's difficult to, to even talk about it without crying because I, I just want to share Jesus with people. <laughs> so, um, so we took one year at our, our home that we lived in and we just uh, developed uh, leading Bible studies and as a family growing together. And we had had this Bible study that just continued to grow so much that one night our kids went outside to jump on the trampoline. And when they get, when they came back in the front door, they couldn't get in. People were like, the chairs were heading out the door. <laughs> so, and all along our time, as we were raising our funds to go to the mission field, I so appreciated the people that had hosted us in their homes and, and just, you know, treated us like, in a sense, royalty. They had just loved on us. And I wanted to do that for other people, but the home that we were in could not accommodate that. So begrudgingly, you know, my husband said, Amanda, why don't we look for another place, you know, that we could do this. And I kind of was begrudging it a little because we had done a lot to fix up our home and I, I literally couldn't do that again. So we prayed about it and prayed about it. And I didn't want to put our house on the market for two and a half years. We've been trying to sell it. And that was, it's a, it's kind of a painful process when you're trying to sell a home and it doesn't sell. <laughs> so um, it was almost like one of those uh, HGTV shows. We visited three homes. The one I'm currently sitting in, I, fell in love with, not because it was a vain attempt at wanting something that I couldn't have, but I could see all the things that God could do in this home. Because um, the, the, the room I'm sitting in is a living room, but it has another room that closes. We have doors that close with windows. In, it's a, it was a little separated from the other places in our home where we could really host people. It had lots of bedrooms to host people. So um, we put our house back on the market. We made an offer on this house and our own home sold in five weeks after trying to sell it for two and a half years. We moved in and we decided that whatever would happen with the house that we're living in, it was going to be a place where we were going to host people and serve people. And they were going to feel like they had a place to come and have relief, have encouragement, have a sanctuary. The verse that I just kept thinking of every time I thought about hospitality was in Matthew 25, when um, it, starting in verse 35, where it says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? or naked and clothe you. And the king will answer and say, assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. And I just kept thinking about how we could help other people, how we could serve people in our home. And I don't know about you, but 
I know that I love getting invited to people's homes, getting invited into their lives and getting to know people. And so that's been kind of our heartbeat since we moved into this house. And it was just kind of like this weird thing that just kept developing. And whenever, you know, whenever I would pray about it and I'd come up with an idea, I'd share it with Kurt and he'd say, let's pray about it. Let's do it. We want to obey God in whatever he has for us to do. And so whatever that season is in, it's looked in many, you know, in many different times, it's looked differently, but it's always been to host people in our home, to serve them and to welcome them into our lives so that we can love on them and show them Christ's love, however it is at that moment. That's so good. And so, uh, so biblical as well, your intentional or missional hospitality ministry. How many years have you been in the, the house and doing this? And I call it intentional outreach. Yes. And it's very intentional. I will say that's kind of our key word is intentionality. Um, we've lived here just about five years, but I would say it's been about four years that we've, you know, really been kind of working on, you know, hosting people and the intentionality. Once we, decorated. It was, it was a move-in condition. It's a Victorian home that does take you back to uh, the 1800s when it was built. Most of it is very um, preserved. So even, even the couch that I'm sitting on was probably made in the late 1800s. So we kept it a very true to its style, again, intentionally. Um, our, our town is big on history. We wanted to preserve that. The person who owned our home in the past was an Olympic gold medalist in our town. Uh, and, um, you know, some of his key features are still here and we wanted to preserve that and to keep it so that when people came in, they felt right at home and, uh, you know, that it, it felt warm and inviting. Is your ministry kind of a, I don't say a, not a Christian bed and breakfast, but do you have guests that stay over or is it more for a small group? Like what, what, what would a typical guest experience at your house? So um, one of the most important things that my, kind of my mottos is that no one leaves hungry ever. Uh, so I like that motto. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, every single week we host a small group here and we have been doing that throughout at different times in the summer when my schedule is a little more free. I host ladies Bible studies. Even last year when we uh, could open back up and allow people in our homes, one of the first things that I hosted was a ladies life get together where we watch ladies life. And I hosted a meal. And when you walk into our house, we have a formal dining room and it is set with formal settings. And we set a banquet before whoever comes because we want them to feel special, to feel absolutely loved, that we bring out our best China for whoever walks in this door because we're giving everyone our best. And it would be the same thing, we don't have a bed and breakfast, but if someone needs a place to stay, we have a guest room. And in the guest room, it is the best mattress in the house. We all say it, we all, we joke, oh, you know, one of these days, one of us is gonna haul that mattress into our own bedroom. But we set out our best. How has God used, is there a, a neat story or someone that you've, you've impacted through your intentional hospitality ministry that you could share with us? Uh, there are so many stories, but I will say that one maybe that will hit close to all of us here um, because we've been going through this pandemic 
And, you know, I know that it's, it's been feeling sometimes limited because we have to do things differently. So last year, last, so summer of 2019, a woman started coming to our small group slash Bible study. And she was a new believer. This was her first time at any kind of a Bible study. And she just, I mean, just drank in the word, but we were all concerned about her husband. We want him to know the Lord and they lived two doors down from us. So Kurt and I prayed about it and we decided that we would just offer at a separate time for this woman and her husband to get together with us. And we asked if they would mind going through the story of hope published by ABWE. We love that material. And so they agreed. So one hour a week, they would meet with us. And then when we shut down, we did it over Zoom. And so the moment we could open up, they were back inside our house meeting with us each week. And we knew, we knew her husband, he wanted Christ. He just, you know, there was just something stopping him. So we finished it out. He loved the study. And then we had a special dinner with them to celebrate finishing the study. And still we felt like he was holding back. So then I can't remember if, I think my husband asked if he wanted to meet with him. I took, you know, the kids out of the house. We left it so it was very quiet. And through praying and talking, this guy, you know, accepted Jesus Christ as his savior and surrendered his life. And it was just such a beautiful experience because all along the way at looking at the different stories presented in the story of hope, he kept saying, wow, God loves us so much. It, you know, and he kept saying, we keep messing up and God loves us. And it was just amazing to watch that transformation of thinking as he continued to learn more and more about God and his plan for us. That's so good. We're, we're here today with um, Amanda Goglin from Tonkanic, Pennsylvania. She's a CSU graduate and she's been sharing about her intentional uh, ministry of hospitality that her and her husband and family have there in Tonkanic. Just, just curi- out of curiosity, what was the mission field? Where were you hoping to go uh, when the we Lord closed those doors? We were planning to go through ABWE um, to Lima, Peru, to work with um, some friends that we knew in college. Mm. And you mentioned the Olympic gold medalist. I'm just curious, who, who was that that lived there in your, your current house? Walter Tewksbury, he was, in, in 1905, he competed in the Olympics in track and field. Excellent. Question for you then. Uh, let's say that you know one of our alumni is listening to this and they're thinking, you know, the chance to get away for a couple of days and just walk a little bit in a place like Tonkanic, that just sounds so appealing. Uh, is that a possibility? Oh, I would love that. We would love to host someone. Definitely. That's, um, I throw it out there all the time. If someone needs a place to stay, if someone wants to just get away, they should. They can stay in our guest room, eat in our dining room. In the summertime, it is especially gorgeous here. We have a back patio and you can just sit and enjoy the scenery. Yes, I encourage that. For How someone would they contact you? We do have an Instagram page, Meet at the House, through Instagram or on Facebook. Okay, that'll work. How have your boys, how, I'm curious, I'm a parent of two, two teenagers. How have your boys 
uh, embraced or not embraced your, you and Kurt's hospitality ministry? Well, you know what? They like having people over almost as much as we do. They've kind of become accustomed. When we moved in, I said, the downstairs rooms, those are for hosting. Those are the rooms that we're going to keep in really good shape all the time. They do have a man cave kind of off to the back where they have a TV. But then I let them decorate their rooms as they wanted. And, you know, their rooms are their kind of sanctuaries. If we have people over and, you know, it's something that's a private matter. Uh, but they've embraced it too. They, they know how to set a, a formal dinos, dinos, dining setting um, in our dining room. They kind of know the drill that if, if we say we're having a family over for dinner, spring into action. But they've also had enjoyment of it too. We, uh, a worship band came through our town from Tennessee, from Nashville. We hosted them for a worship night, which, you know, so they've enjoyed also some of the benefits of also people bring their kids. We've hosted missionaries. Uh, so they see the, and, and also, you know, we've not only hosted missionaries in our time, we've been to the mission field since um, to help other missionaries. They're learning how to serve God exactly where you are. That's great. For me, it's neat to see, obviously there's disappointment when uh, the, the Lord closed the door for you and Kurt to head down to Peru to serve on that mission field. But it's so obvious based on our conversation today that the Lord has given you a mission field and that you're actively serving. And I would dare say you're, you're winning the gold medal in uh, hospitality to, uh, to carry on the tradition in that house. So it's, it's neat to see uh, alumni like you and Kurt uh, serving God with your passions and talents and abilities right where you're at. So that's, that's such an encouragement to me. And uh, maybe someday Jim and I will get the invite to enjoy that, uh, the great food at the oh, house in you just give me a day that's it you have to come now well, you have to and honestly amanda if i'm going to walk hand in hand through tunkanic with someone it's not going to be paul yeah. <laughs> yes you bring your wives and your families <laughs> and come for a dinner actually one time i felt so passionate about women getting together one summer that i did these little invites to a tea party i made sure i had enough tea settings for 24 people and I did it in shifts. So at 11 o'clock, I had one group of ladies come through and had a tea party in our dining room and out onto our patio. I bought extra patio tables to host a very formal tea party and then encouraged the ladies. It was just beautiful. And then those ladies left, saw the other ladies coming on the way in and at one o'clock, a new set came in. We did it all over. I hired some teenage girls to help me wash all my china and we did it all over again you're a public school teacher and i know teachers they they carry the load you know it's a busy involved career how, how do you juggle being a public school teacher there in tonkanic and i look at it as almost your full-time ministry as well uh well it is certainly a time management um but you know what i i get up early and so my school time is getting up early, working then, uh, staying a little bit late to school and getting some work done. And just, you know, I keep a calendar. I keep, you know, I still hold on to a planner like I did, you know, when I did back when I was in college is, and I just write everything out and I know my limit, it, you know, is that 
Uh, you know, when we've gone through periods of time where almost every single night someone's in our home and then we'll say, okay, we need a night of a break. Let's just all, you know, take a break. But I will say that as we've been through this pandemic, my husband and I feel stronger than ever about getting more people into our home. It's, it's been a quiet last six or eight months. Um, in the fall, both of our kids had to quarantine. And then our older son had bronchitis. And then in mid-January, we all had COVID. So um, we've had a very uh, insular time together. So I think all of us, all four of us are ready to really start bringing people back in. So it's, it's just balance. It's balance knowing our limits. This has been a wonderful time with you. I mean, we, we've talked about how BBC or BBS Johnson City, BBC, and now Clarkson University. We've been all about having Christ-centered and career-ready graduates ever since 1932. And uh, what you are doing out there as part of the community, part of the school, part of the church, and then extending yourself beyond that. I mean, uh, we're going we're gonna to make you a poster child CSU graduate here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Paul, we didn't even mention that Amanda taught for us online for a while. And uh, we don't have time to go dig after that. But uh, Amanda, thank you so much for all you've done uh, as one of our graduates and, and being an example for us. And we wish you all the best as uh, you and Kurt and the kids move ahead with these ministries. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I, I mean, we're just whatever, whatever God would have us to do. That's what we do. I mean, we even once a couple of summers hosted teenagers every Friday night. They came coffee, gaga ball and hung out at our house. Our kids definitely loved that. <laughs> um, but whatever God would have us to do, I, I think that it's just sometimes we want these extraordinary things. And But you know what? A life of ordinary faithfulness is extraordinary and a life of obedience to whatever God would have us to do. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. That was, uh, that was just inspiring. I was just say thank you, Amanda. I've been challenged to hey, I can I know I can be more intentional just with breaking bread around the table and, uh, and using hospitality to encourage Christians, but as an outreach for those who are not yet uh, followers of Christ. So thank you. Thank you.